Monday night when you're trying to find me, eh? Back at your back at home with your wife. I will correct you. You are wrong. Ghetto man, and he fights in a ghetto way. He ain't touched the belt. He can't even reach it. Are you guys fooling me? Are you guys... You better not fool me! I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Wow. Three weeks in a row. Sucker Radio's back for your listening pleasure. I am your host, Jeremy Brand. We got a doozy. Asian Mixed Martial Arts. One Championship. Bear Fraser. He is the features editor over at One Championship. He joins the show today. But before we get to him, Dana White has announced Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov for UFC 223. What does that mean? You know, speculations occur, the head goes spinning. Does that mean Conor McGregor is stripped of his title? I think we might find that out this weekend. We've got some serious fight cards this weekend. We have got UFC 220 Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic for the UFC title. We've got Bellator 192 with Rory McDonald versus... Diego Lima, and Chael Sonnen versus Quentin Rampage Jackson. Oh my goodness, how fun is that? Great, great card. Supposedly another fight that's playing for a spring showdown as well. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. Fun fight. As well, this weekend, we have the aforementioned one championship. Kings of Courage goes down online pay-per-view or up here in Canada, we got it on the Fight Network. Tiffany Tao takes on Jing Zhang Nan. Amazing women's strawweight world championship for that main event. And a stacked main card with the prelims going down on Facebook. So check that out. I am not going to babble in your ear too long, but I do want to thank my sponsor, TheBlazersChoice.com for all your cannabis needs. These guys will mail your marijuana directly to your door. Skip the sketchy street dealers, bypass busy dispensaries, and avoid traffic. Getting exactly what you pay for, they will ship you the highest quality weed, shatter, oil, edibles, terpenes, and more discreetly in a smell-proof package Canada-wide. Make sure you check them out at theblazerschoice.com. And now you can check me out with my guest, Bear Fraser. Joining the show now is none other than One Championship Features Editor, Mr. Bear Fraser. You know, I've had this show cracking for, well, I took last year off, basically. This year, come back on board. Done two weeks in a row. This is the third week getting the thing back rolling. And I've been friends with Bear online, never actually chat with him very often, in terms of vocal chats. Uh, And this is the first time I've had you on the show, man. I know we've interacted in the past to do, like, articles on MMASucka.com where we did, like, the media thing. And then now I, I, I do stuff with you with one. But this is the first time that we're actually getting to chat voice to voice. It's It's sort of surreal. It's very interesting because there have been several times where my phone will start ringing and it's a Facebook chat call from you and then you hang up and say, sorry, my bad. 
That's a so, Canadian thing, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just very interesting because now it's like we actually had to plan this, and here we are. You know, it's very surreal. It's, it's about time, and it's long overdue, like you said, long overdue. Yeah, I think, I think the first time that we sort of interacted, you were writing for Fight Magazine, I believe. Mm, yes, yes. Very interestingly, I've been with Fight Magazine since their second issue. So, and, and you know, honestly, for the longest time, that was the only martial arts publication I wanted to even be with. I didn't have any desire to be with uh, like a MMA junkie or sure dog. And that's no disrespect to any of those um, companies. They're great. The content's terrific. It's just I was fulfilled with what I was doing at Fight Magazine. So let's talk about that then, uh, about yourself, because maybe there are people out there that don't know the name Bear Fraser. As I said, you're the features editor at One Championship. That doesn't mean a heck of a lot about your backstory. You wrote for Fight Magazine. You have this sort of different vibe about you with your writing. You have the whole magazine style down pat. But that's not a mixed martial arts thing, right? Like, go back to your, your beginnings and where this all came from. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like a lot of other people, I started in high school. Some people started in college, whatnot. But as far as my professional literary career, it started with in music, actually. And I always looked at the music writers of like Rolling Stones as setting the standard of really strong, rich, featured writing or magazine writing, whatever you'd like. Right. So I've been in the journalism industry professionally ever since 2004. I got my start with the Source magazine, which at the time was the number one selling music magazine. So I've been with them. I did a lot of hip-hop journalism, and I made the transition over into rock and metal. And, I mean, we've done everything, pop since then, country, for reputable magazines in those specific genres of music. So I come from a very strong music and entertainment journalism background, and I've always had a big love and fascination for the martial arts, for the cage, right? And when I saw Fight Magazine come out, I was just taken aback because it was just so beautiful. The magazine, the pages, the layout, the stories just came across to me as like the GQ or the Rolling Stone or the Maxim, per se, of this whole genre of sport. So I immediately latched on with them started with them on their second issue as previously mentioned and although i was doing interviews with the likes of say carlos condit before he was big in wec i was also geared more towards the lifestyle vibe because you know mentioning my entertainment and my music background like i would bring papa roach in the magazine i was um zoltan bathory of five finger death punch his first interview in the industry so i just kept on bringing on a lot of different accents the magazine and kind of created my own little niche and my own little world in the whole martial arts and, and that sort of transcended through your writing in terms of what you're doing now as well i know when you you speak to us that that do stuff with you over at one, you oftentimes say we want that sort of Rolling Stone type feel. How do you see that um, move from the rock magazine style stuff into martial arts? How does the transition sort of flow? Like in terms of your writing about rock stars, how have you been able to move that over into writing about martial artists? I think if you're just a really talented writer, 
and you're really good at your craft, then it's really effortless. To me, I have a lot of the same principles that you would see in the rock or the um, music journalism game as far as uh, laying out stories, this, that, and the other. I mean, it's a lot similar to college publication in the sense, right? Or um, any other type of publication where you just go through story ideas, brainstorm as many as you can, you budget correctly, you assign to the writers, you work on the story structure, and just a bunch of stuff a lot of people who aren't writers would find very, very boring. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, the transition was really natural. And I mean, back then, I started with Fight, I think it was 2007, or t I think it was 2007, yes. So I started with Fight in its infancy, and that was about my third year of professional writing. At that point, I had been writing for different publications, not just in music, but in entertainment, too. Um, for I even wrote for Urban Latino magazine. My first article for them was on Diego Sanchez. So I had this background. It was just natural. But the biggest thing, the biggest key is, yeah, sure, anybody can do a let's promote this match, let's promote this fight type of story. But I think the most powerful thing is revealing someone's personality, revealing their character, revealing their life story. And there's always different layers and different elements to that, right? So it's just like that in music. You open any magazine, be it Revolver, be it Rolling Stone, Spin Mag, well, Spin's not around anymore, but the basic idea is you open these magazines and you just read this person's life, a piece of their life. You read that layer and it's just like the same, and at least that's what we're going for. One is just building these heroes and telling their stories because they're just so powerful. Definitely, and you have uh, you you've brought that persona on yourself too. Not your writing, but you know the way you look as well. If you don't know Bear, he rocks the mohawk. He he is the definition of rock star right in front of your face. You you got the persona on terms, right? But you know what though, I have to credit God. Because he blessed me with the hairline and the <laughs> eccentric personality. So I'm just working with what I have. So that's really what it is. I think maybe by the time I'm 40, um, you know, I could have no hair. Oh, so like I'll just me. have to. Yeah, like you, you know, I mean, I have this rock star thing going on in the sense of punk rock. You have this David Germain thing going on with Disturbed. <laughs> so it all works out. Exactly. So before we got on air here, you said you were snowed in. What? What's the deal? What's the weather like there? It's pretty bad, eh? Hey, yeah, it is. It's eh? not that bad, actually, eh? It's not that bad. Um, I actually shoveled my whole driveway, and that was not an issue. But when it starts getting to those freezing temperatures, as you are certainly are aware of, it starts getting a little icy, you know, it gets a little ice, ice baby-ish, and I don't really want to be driving late at night for like 30 minutes on the ice wondering if I'm going to die or not. So I'm just staying in tonight, being a good young professional, a good young person, and, uh, you know, not dying. You see, so I, think that's the plan. I say A, and obviously you get the whole Canadian thing, and, and it comes out there, but the stereotypical thing that you did there was say that I was so used to ice and the cold weather and freezing temperatures. Whereas I'm from BC. We, we, the lowest we go is like minus two, minus three. Yeah. But you're close to Washington. Yeah. It's, it's not that bad though. It's uh Washington state though. Not like, you know, it's not that bad. It's all right. But <laughs> I did have an embarrassing day myself here. And I'll tell you this story because I want to hear an embarrassing story from you. So I'll give you mine. I was sitting I was sitting in class because I work for the school board, and I was sitting in class, and 
This kid says, hey, Jeremy, do you have a rip in your pants? I said, no. So I start feeling my pants. She's like, are you sure you don't have a rip in your pants? This is 2.20 in the afternoon. So the day's almost over. I feel between my legs, and there's a giant gash in between my legs, probably like five-inch hole in the groin of my pants or the crotch of my pants, and I'm like, oh, my God. She laughs her head off. She goes, yeah, I knew about that since dance class, which was at 10 o'clock in the morning. So she had known that I had a hole in my pants for the entire day and didn't have the common courtesy to tell me that I had a hole in my pants. Oh, man. (laughs) She should have just walked on to be like, yo, you got some holes there, son. Or something like that. It would have been great if she said son, though. Yeah, it would have been hilarious. And it's a damn good thing that I wasn't working in a primary class where I were up and down on the carpet or something like that working with kindergarten kids. Um, uh, yeah, then um, they would have called in child services or something. Probably. I'm glad they didn't. Jeez. So embarrassing stories. You got any? I'm sure you, you know, got a we, ton. <laughs> thanks for the vote of confidence. You know, <laughs> it's uh, like my embarrassing stories tend to be me just overthinking usually. Right. Kind of, um, for instance, right. Um, if I say something that's just incorrect or not 100%, I'm embarrassed by it, you know? It's like little peculiar things like that. But as you were saying that, it jump-started my memory, and I actually do have a pretty embarrassing story for me. Um, going back to me interning at The Source magazine, this was 2004 in the summer. I had just used the bathroom, and I washed my hands because, you know, germs from the urinal. Yeah. So... I wash my hands, I dry them off, and I walk out of the bathroom, and I'm walking back to my little intern desk, and I realize that I, you know, I buttoned my pants, but I forgot to zip up. And it happens every now and again, not really nowadays, but because I'm very self-conscious about it. It's like I got, like, uh, um, ADHD when it comes to that, right? Probably because of this scarring memory, but so... I'm like, oh, snap, I got to zip my pants. So I did, and as I did, our um, magazine COO comes out with another female, and she's like, just flips out on me. She's like, I know you didn't do that. That is disgusting. And she's just (laughs) going to the top of her lungs. And this is my second day working at the – interning, not working, interning at the source. And I feel like – there's 10,000 people around me and I've never been yelled at by another adult, but in this case, you just take it, right? So I think there might have been, after that, two more people to come around and she's like, how dare you? Yeah, you better walk away. You better not be doing that again. I'm like, Christ. Was she normally like that? See, that's the thing. I'm not completely sure because like a week later, I pretty much won a lot of people over in the office, probably partially because of my work ethic, partially because of my wildness. Like I was the yeah. type of guy who would create hacky sack circles in the middle of the finance department's desk <laughs> in the source. I would work with Kim Asario, who was the editor in chief. I would just be her, I'd be working under her at times when her assistant wasn't there, or I'd just be sitting in the music editor's room talking about boxing or he'd have me go sell secondhand porns for lunch money 
at this Arabian CD store. So it's just like, it's a very wild at the source. There are so many stories, but I bet. A, week, a week or two later, she would, she was like enamored by me. She loved me. She loved my hair. My hair was spiky back then. It wasn't a mohawk. And she was just like, bear, what's going on? How are you doing? And, uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, um, she might have noticed that I never, my parents were always zipped after that, so I or guess were they? Fine. <laughs> she, she did give people the business, I think, but she never gave me the business anymore, which was good because I felt really bad. I still feel bad to this day. It's 8.52 at night on a Wednesday night. And I still feel bad like 12 or like 13 <laughs> years later. I still feel bad about that experience. But that was embarrassing. Oh, my. Her voice cut through glass. It was that loud and that devilish. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. So you check before you leave the restroom from now on. No, I check four or five times <laughs> before I leave the restroom. Now. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. We got a little sidetrack there. Let's move back to mixed martial arts. Uh, you, you jumped on board with one championship. What is it? Two years ago now? A year and a half ago? It's a year and a half in, I believe, March. I've been with them since, I've been officially with the company since August 2015. How did that all come about? Because, I mean, 16, yes, I'm sorry, 2016. Yes, yes, they are known as, you know, the biggest martial arts company in Asia. And uh, bringing aboard this American guy. As their features editor, how did how did that all come about? It's a very actually. Well, I was thinking about it this morning. So I was originally living in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, back in what September two thousand five, I moved back to the East Coast, where I'm at now, and I was just so disenchanted with both journalism and the music industry, not the people necessarily, because there are so many loving and caring people in the community i still talk to this day but i was just so tired and so worn out because the music industry is hurting the quality of journalism and just writing in general is going down people are wanting to read less and everything's so repetitive and redundant so i just took a break i'm like i'm done i'm not i'm done journalism that's it you know it's there's no money in it there's no care for it anymore i'm just done and I, you know, I was at a point in my life where I reevaluated things, but long story short, um, I was like, all right, let me go look for a job. This was like eight months later. Um, let me go look for a new career, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I was screenwriting at the time too, but I was like, I need something stable. Yeah. So as I started looking the day of my deadline, I got a message on LinkedIn from Victor Kui, the CEO of one championship. And I'll never forget this. And I still have this message. It says, Hey, Bear, are you ready to conquer Asia? That was the message. Really? And yes, yes. And, you know, um, I'll never forget it because it changed my life. And I said, um, um, let's talk about this. And we um, exchanged a few messages. And he um, said, hey, if you're interested, send a CV or send a resume. And I did. He's like, I don't need this. I already know about you. And I guess he kept an eye on me from Fight Magazine and things of the sort. But um, we talked about what we could possibly do to work together. And we talked to a few people. A few people from the company spoke back to me and got in touch. And after having some conversations and looking at my skill set and looking at 
the overall picture of what I could bring to the table because they hire rock stars. Oh yeah. And you know, I fit the description both physically and uh, resume wise, I suppose. <laughs> right. So not to do your own horn at all. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's more, I say I'm a rock star because of the hair. People say otherwise like, Oh, it's your personality. It's your skill. It's like, no, it's the hairline, you know? So, <laughs> um, they signed, they signed me, they offered me a position for chief correspondent. They created a position for me and it was at the perfect time because they were going through a tremendous growth period. Right. And they still are Huge. going through a tremendous growth period. And what morphed as what started as the chief correspondent is really morphed into something more. And, you know, within months I was bringing on my own writers and then I started um, co-organizing the editorial, leading the editorial direction along Melvin Tang, who is the director of publishing and content partnerships, who, who he's a phenomenal talent too. So we were able to create this incredible blossoming and flourishing editorial department and online content that just keeps on growing and growing and growing. And fortunately, I've been able to answer their demands and the calls and I'm where I'm at today, and hopefully I can just keep on elevating myself, and not just myself, more importantly, the company. I want to see the company grow as much as they can. I want to see it go on wildfire, right? So I just am truly blessed to be with this company, not just because of the opportunities that are handed to me. I mean, that's that's cool, but just the people who put in the time and the energy and the effort to really help build an industry and help create all these new heroes that you know, the, um, the world and people in Asia can look up to is just so mesmerizing and so, so incredible. So it's just really an honor and just to be with them. Definitely. And you've been, you know, you're that guy, you're that American that's brought on this talent and, and you've brought the writing scene up with one championship. It, it's flourishing. Uh, we're seeing the features up on that website and, and, and it's looking great and all that kind of stuff, but you're getting to travel as well. You're getting to go to events and, and see the world in, in a way that you, wouldn't have necessarily if you didn't work for one, which is pretty cool as well. Yes, absolutely. They've uh, brought me out to Singapore. They brought me out to Malaysia and Manila. And, you know, up until my, my, my whole life, I never had a passport. When I signed with one, I was like, all right, I got to get my passport now. <laughs> and, um, you know, I got my passport and, you know, they, they've graciously flown me out. And it's been so beneficial, not just to meet my, my coworkers, which is incredible, right? And so I get to meet them, but I also get to really meet everybody in the um, industry. I get to meet other journalists in Asia. I get to meet the martial artists and the warriors we have on our roster and really get to identify with them and get to understand and see them firsthand. So it's just been beneficial all around. And while it's great to go to Singapore and great to go to Manila, great to eat noodles in the Philippines or whatever, right? I mean, those are all great experiences and I'm looking forward to more of them. But the real treat for me is just learning these people's, um, these individuals' life story, whether it's people who work in the company who are fellow rock stars or just the rock star talent that we have on our roster. That's the real reward to me. For sure. I couldn't agree more. Now, I know we're running up against the clock here. We said 20 minutes. We're running a little over. But let's go over this fight card this weekend quickly before I let you go. Uh, Main event, Women's Strawweight Championship. The vacant one, Tiffany Tao, takes on Jing Nan Zhang, or the opposite. 
Whatever. Zing, zing, non. Yes, How, pandas, however it I goes, I mean, geez, you tell me this all the time and I still never get it right. <laughs> but whatever. How do you see this one playing out, man? Because this is a fight that uh, has excitement written all over it. This is an incredible match. I mean, Tiffany, I've spoken to her plenty of times ever since she first made her promotional debut and won back in November 2016 at Defending Honor. She is such a great talent, and I've seen her grown so much. And I mean, every single time you see this um, no-chill in the cage, right? Every single time you see her in the cage, she is just becoming more and more dominant and more and more confident in her abilities. And the thing I love about Tiffany is she's just always finds error in her performance she could beat somebody in three minutes and she could be like oh i wasn't aggressive enough she is that much of a perfectionist and seeing her going up against the panda is i mean the panda is just and she's a former boxer a brazilian jiu-jitsu china open champion i mean she's got this skill set to really rival tiffany so i mean <sighs> tiffany could end at any time so could the panda that's what makes this one so exciting for me. Like this is the match I'm looking forward to most just because the unpredictability could be over fast. It could go all five rounds. So um, it's just going to be, it's going to be an intelligent match, intelligent match. Definitely. Uh, Stefan Rahardi and this guy up and coming flyway undefeated. He's looked great in there and grown immensely each and every fight. Mm -hmm. Like we see him, you know, stepping up and stepping up and stepping up and looking better and better every single time he enters the one cage, taking on Pakistan's Mohammed Imran. Now, this one as well, very interesting because, you know, Rahardian has the the experience with one championship, Imran, Imran coming in for the first time. It's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Yes, definitely. I mean, Stefan Rahardian's been doing some incredible things over there at Bali MMA with the Leon brothers and Don Carlo Close, the head coach. But you look at what Mohamed Emran's got. I mean, he's a he's an unknown name, I guess, maybe to uh, people outside of Asia. Maybe in parts of Asia, a lot of people might not know him, but he's very well accomplished in Pakistan. He is a three-time grappling champion there. This guy comes from hardship. His father was paralyzed. His father passed away when he was just a teenager. His older brothers helped pull the family out of poverty. So this guy's got a survivalist attitude. And, I mean, it might seem like, oh, whatever, right? That's got nothing to do with your skill set. But, I mean, as a lot of people know, I mean, skill plays a big part in the physicality. But more often than not, it's the mindset. He's got that mindset to win. And he wants to win on in his debut on the global stage for martial arts. So with his grappling background and his survivalist attitude, he could upset Stefar. Speaking of grappling, Merit Gafarov takes on Shinya Oki. Just tell us a little bit about this. We've seen grappling super matches on one cards before. What, what do fans have in for them in this match? Man, I, I'm wondering, Gafarov is like the king of the rear naked choke, so I'm yeah. trying to wonder if he wants to win with a rear naked choke in this one. Um, this is just so intriguing because you got two former one world champions. Shinya Aoki lost the, what, he lost the lightweight world championship to Falayong back in November 2016. Then he unsuccessfully challenged Askren at welterweight, and that, those were his last two martial arts matches. You look at Murat, his last martial arts match was a loss to Martin Nguyen for, and he dropped the one featherweight world championship. So we have two guys coming off world title losses who are best known for grappling going at it for 15 minutes. I mean, 
This is going to be insane. It's going to be <laughs> nuts. Shinya is relentless. Marat is just angry and wants to wants to grapple. It's, this this can't be any more explosive. It's going to be so much fun just to watch that. I mean, will Marat be more powerful than Shinya? Will Shinya just will he be hesitant after the recent setbacks he's had? I mean, this this can't be painted any more beautifully. What else are you looking forward to on the card? Myself, I mean, Imanari, how could I not be excited to see him enter the cage? Uh, what else are you looking forward to? Well, like you just said, Imanari and Yusuf Sadalov. I mean, Yusuf, I think people forget how talented this guy is. I mean, I'm still, I can still watch that flip over, rear, modified rear naked choke he put on Jordan Showtime Lucas over yeah. and over and over and over again. So, and then Minari's the king of the leg locks. So, this is just going to be, that's going to be, <laughs> it's a martial arts match, but this might be like the grappling super match version three. You know, yeah. <laughs> it might be like a second one. So, um, if I have to pick one match that I'm really looking forward to, you know, this is, might sound wild to some people, but I'm looking forward to Rene Catalan and Peng Zhu Wen on the prelims. Yeah. And I'm doing that because Rene is just so accomplished. He's a Wushu world champion, a two-time Wushu world champion. He's got his own gym going on. He's on a hot win streak. He's won three in a row after having a tough start in the sport. And, I mean, he just knows so many different disciplines. He's like a national Sambo champion. Um, I mean, heck of a striker, great grappler. And then you look at Peng Zhu Wen, who he's just putting it all together. He won his promotional debut with a death-defying slam. He not, or I'm sorry, suplex. He suplexed his opponent. It was Fat Soda, suplexed Fat Soda, and knocked them out. This guy is a wrestler, and I mean, I want to see what it's like because it's also kind of like Young Bull versus Old Bull in a sense. He's like 22, Renee's 39. So Renee's still on the up and up, and he's looking better and better and adjusting so well. And Peng has just got so much fresh blood. Maybe he's got some inexperience. So this is going to be fun to watch. That's the one I'm probably looking forward to most outside of um, the previously aforementioned ones on the main card. All right, Bear, that uh, that just about does it. Man, I'm sure we could have chat for at least another 30 minutes easily about uh, everything going on in Asia as well as, you know, ripped jeans and zippers being down and stuff like that. But Memory's gonna... haunting me again, <laughs> haunting me. I'm going to let you go here. I, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, thanks for joining me on the show today. Just let people know where they can find you, where they can find your work, social media, all that other jazz. All right. Well, first and foremost, always go to 1FC.com. It's going to be your top site to check out all of this stuff, be it articles, be it videos, be it the schedule, because we have about 24 smashing, incredible events coming out this year. So check out 1FC.com. And if you like what you see and you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at backslash Bear Fraser. So that's a Z, not with an S. Well, all things Asian mixed martial arts right there, or as they like to say, martial arts. And uh, thank you to Bear Fraser for joining the show. That was absolutely amazing. Make sure you check out all the episodes of Sucker Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you can find MP3s. Make sure you like, rate us, subscribe, and leave a comment because all that stuff, or a rating, whatever you want to call it, helps people find the show. Sucker Radio. That is what we're called. 
check us out. Also, check out MMASucka.com. Like us, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. On Facebook, it's a little different, though. We're L-W-O-S MMA. That's where you can find us on Facebook. And uh, thank you to my sponsors. We got one this week, the Blazers Choice. If you want to buy marijuana online, check them out, theblazerschoice.com. It's not your average mail-order marijuana site. These guys are a group of growers, extractors, activists, and long-time cannabis business owners or business operators who have been in the cannabis industry for over a decade, much before the current green rush. The Blazer's Choice ships the highest quality weed, shatter, oil, edibles, terpenes, and more discreetly in a smell-proof packaging Canada wide. So save yourself time, stress, you know, walking up or driving to the dispensaries or whatnot or the sketchy street dealers. The Blazers Choice will ship directly to your door. Check out theblazerschoice.com for all your online cannabis needs. That does it for another episode of Sucker Radio. I'm out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Better pull back on those pedals, boy. Why? Maximum speed on campus is 15 MPHs. MPHs? Oh, 50 bucks? Oh, man, I can't pay this. <laughs> but this isn't even a real ticket. It's a student citation. See, I'm a volunteer. You need to pay that by Friday at 5. That was uncalled for. Eat me. You just earned yourself another citation. Fuck off. Well, 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 look who we have here. Damn this bike fat as hell. Whoa, 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 don't touch, okay, okay, all right, all right, leave the bike alone. Did you just call me fat? And what is that stench? Oh, that's my cologne, can't buy it for men. I don't know what that is. Forewarning, gentlemen, you better watch your mouths and your behinds. See, I'm looking for the ecstasy. I'm looking for the pot. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for those shrooms. Shit, we looking for that shit, too. Yeah, okay. What are you talking about? Same, Same thing you're talking, talking about. about. What are we talking about? Look, Gerald, either you're holding, or you can get on your little roadster and move the fuck on, OK? It's volunteer officer Picklestein, and I am watching you. Oh, I'm watching you, like a hawk. Like a hawk. Somebody needs a hug.